Welcome to the Defender Bible Study, a weekly encouragement to equip the body of Christ through the study of Scripture and prayer to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children around the world. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, where we believe that defending the fatherless begins by being rooted in God's Word. It's Monday, November 23rd, 2020. This is Josh Caldwell, Lifeline's Vice President of International Ministry. Today we're going to continue our study on the book of Ezekiel, looking specifically at chapters 46 through 48. As we look at our Bible study today on Ezekiel, we know that Ezekiel is a, is a challenging book in many ways, tough to interpret and understand in some ways, but it's also challenging to us, challenging to, our, challenging to us as the people of God. And so let's look back at Ezekiel real quick. And Ezekiel 1 through 3 consists of Ezekiel's call and his commissioning. And Ezekiel 4 through 24 is about God's judgment on his people. Ezekiel 25 through 32 is God's judgment of the seven nations that are around his people. And then Ezekiel 33 through 39 is the restoration and hope um, that we see in the the rebuilding. And then we see Ezekiel 40 through 48, which we're going to talk about a little bit today. We see a new temple and a future blessing. So as we come to our chapters today of chapter 46 through 48, uh, we're not going to read them all. Uh, We're going to focus on a few words and we're really going to focus just on the last four words of this book of Ezekiel. But we see in chapter 46 that we read about the feasts and the festivals Uh, We see there in verse 9, When the people of the land come before the Lord at an appointed feast, he who enters by the north gate to worship shall go out the south gate, and he enters the south gate shall go out the north gate. Um, I love this picture of just uh, going through the gate and not going back out the same way you came in, but going out in a different way. A different location. And so you think about like they come into the temple and they worship the Lord and they go out a different way. And it's that that maybe that picture of change that we see there. And then we see in verses 16 through 18, uh, it says, Thus says the Lord, if the prince makes a gift to any of his sons as an inheritance, it shall belong to his sons. It is their property by inheritance. But if it If he makes a gift out of that inheritance to one of his servants, it shall be his for the year. Then it shall revert to the prince. Surely it is his inheritance. It shall belong to his son. The prince shall not take any of the inheritance of the people. And so it's just this chapters we're going through this about the prince and the gates that they enter into. But here at the end, we see that he's uh, he's saying that he's forbidding this prince from taking any more land. And then as we move into chapter 47, love this uh, uh, little snippet here about water flowing from the temple, this vision of water flowing from the temple and uh, what happens when that water flows out and toward the sea in verse 12 of chapter 47, it says this on the banks, on the sides of the river, there will grow all kinds of trees for food. Their leaves will not wither nor their fruit fail, but they will bear fresh fruit every morning because the water for them flows from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be for food and their leaves for healing. This is just a beautiful picture of growth, a beautiful picture of restoration, really, of this healing water, of this growth-filled water coming from the temple. And to me, that makes me think of um, this 
bigger picture of restoration in Ezekiel leading toward the end of this book where the Lord is there. Then that's where we come to in chapter 48 where uh, 10 through 14 he's setting up these land portions of the people of Israel. But then we really come to what we're getting to today to focus on is the very end of the whole book of Ezekiel chapter 48. We're going to read verse 35. The circumference of the city shall be 18 cubits. And when you look back at these, he's giving the different uh, measurements of the gates. Um, in verses 30, 31, 2, 3, and 4, they're giving the measurements of the gates. And then when we come here and he says, The whole city shall be 18,000 cubits. But then he says this, he said, And the name of the city from that time shall be, The Lord is there. It's a beautiful picture of the Lord being there, the significance of this part of Ezekiel because of the restoration we see back in chapters 8 through 11 of Ezekiel. Temple was contaminated by sin and banned uh, by the presence of God. We see here it's talking about the cherubim, and this is uh, chapter 11, verse 22, that the cherubim lifted up their wings. And with their wheels beside them, the glory of God of Israel was over them. The glory of the Lord went up from the midst of the city and stood on the mountain that is on the east side of the city. And the Spirit lifted me up and brought me in the vision by the Spirit of the God of Chaldea to the exiles. Then the vision that I had seen went up from me, and I told the exiles all the things that the Lord had shown me. And it's talking about the, the Spirit of the Lord leaving. And then we see back, though, all the way in chapter 43 verse 5 we see the restoration though of of God's glory filling the temple again and so the verse 5 of chapter 43 the spirit lifted me up and brought me into the inner courts and behold the glory of the Lord filled the temple Landon Dowden, who wrote Exalting Jesus in Ezekiel, a Christ-centered exposition commentary, which I think is very helpful when studying Ezekiel, um, he wrote this. He said, I believe the main purpose of Ezekiel 40 through 42 is, um, is to provide this idea of God's presence with those who are his. In Ezekiel 43.5, the prophets see the glory fill the temple. And in 48.35, he is told the name of this new city as Yahweh is there. When this occurs, Ezekiel 37, 26 through 27 will be fulfilled. Let's read that. Ezekiel 37, 26 through 27. It says this, I will make a covenant of peace with them. So think about this being before um, 40 through 48, which we're reading now. This is back in 37, which is um, during the restoration um, that we saw earlier a few weeks ago. And it says, I will make a covenant of peace with them. It shall be an everlasting covenant with them, and I will set them in their land and multiply them and will set my sanctuary in their midst forever. My dwelling place shall be with them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Then the nations will know that I am the Lord who sanctifies Israel when my sanctuary is in their midst forever. I love that. Um, and so we go on and we think about that Jesus desires for us to be with him and see his glory. And this incredible picture of this announcement of the city um, of Jerusalem being named Yahweh is there. Um, it's just a great, great picture there. And so 
I want us to think about for just a few minutes and also um, just a great section of this in that exposition commentary from Landon. He talks about how did God dwell with his people. So we go back to looking at Genesis and Genesis 3 in the beginning when we hear from Adam and Eve and we read this story um, and we know there was no temple, um, but we also know that the garden is the place where God dwelled with his people. And if you read through uh, Genesis 3, we see the fall. Um, we see the in verse 4, But the serpent said to the woman, You will surely die. God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to her eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate and then the eyes of both were opened and they knew they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths as we skip down to verse 20 we see the man called his wife's name eve because she was the mother of all living things and the lord god made of adam for his wife's garments of skin and clothed them then the lord said behold the man has become like one of us in knowing good and evil now lest he reach out with his hand and take also of this the tree of life and eat and live forever therefore the lord god sent him out of garden of eden to work the ground which was which he has taken and he drove out the man and at the east gate of the garden he placed a cherubim and flaming sword that was turned away to guard the way of the tree of life. And just that picture of um, God dwelling with his people and then sin entering the world. And then if we move on to Genesis 8, we see this God's covenant with Noah. And after Adam, Adam and Eve's rebellion, we see this uh, that there needed to now be a place where the people um, met with God and it is now the altar and we see that Noah in verse 20 of chapter 8 of Genesis that Noah built an altar to the Lord and took some of every clean animal and some of every clean bird and offered a burnt offering on the altar and when the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma the Lord said in his heart I will never again curse the ground because of man for the intention of the man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I ever again strike down every living creature as I have done. After the fall and after the altar becomes the tabernacle. We know that God's people met in a mobile tent, the tabernacle, the place of meeting. And this was the tent of meeting that is where uh, God met with his people. And then we see the temple in Deuteronomy 12. Um, in Deuteronomy 12, 4, it says, You shall not worship the Lord your God in that way, but you shall seek the place that the Lord your God will choose out of all your tribes to put his name and to make his habitation there. There you will go, and there sh you shall bring your burnt offerings and your sacrifices, your tithes and your contributions that you present, your vow offerings, your free will offerings, and the firstborn of your herd of your flock. And there... You shall eat before the Lord your God, and you shall re rejoice in you and your households in all that you undertake in which the Lord your God has blessed you. We know that the people of God, after this temple was made, that the people of God used the temple to meet with God, but we also know that 
um, as we lead into Ezekiel, we hear in this vision in Ezekiel that this that sin was there and that they turned their backs on God. And we see that in Ezekiel 8, chapter 8 through 11, we see a God abandoning the temple. And we see further where God dwells with his people. And Landon gives us three uh, further ways that we can see that through God's incarnation, his indwelling, and his infinite indwelling. And I'm going to share some of Landon's words here um, that I think are very helpful for us today. He says, the location where God would meet with his people has shifted from a place to a person that prior to the exile, God's glory dwelled in the temple. And post-exile, God's glory would dwell in Christ. And we would see this through Christ's conversation on this very subject with the Samaritan woman, where he says in John 4, 21, that an, an hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father within spirit and in truth. And so just that idea that now we are shifting from having to go to a place, but to look to a person, that person of Jesus. And then we see the Holy Spirit, uh, God's indwelling, um, it, the Holy Spirit uh, God is committed to dwell not only with his people, but in his people. Um, what one person was allowed to experience in one place on one day each year, which is the high priest on the day of atonement, we now have the privilege of experiencing every single day because of the Holy Spirit. And then thinking about God's infinite dwelling forever in Revelation 21 and 22, what was lost in the fall at Eden will be recovered in the new city. And we notice these two things in relation to Ezekiel 40 through 48, that first John sees a city that is already built and that descends from heaven. And second, John uh, does not see a temple or a sanctuary the, because the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb are its sanctuary, Revelation 21, 22. And so it's, it's just exciting to hear and to uh, think about that the Lord is there. Those four words that are in, at the end of Ezekiel, I think, are so important for us today and to remember as we are walking through our daily lives, as we are in our ministries, as we are in our families, and as we are walking through this global pandemic, um, just thinking about that it's important for us to remember that the Lord is here. And there's just a few verses I wanted to share with us today to remind us of different places in Scripture where the Lord is there. Uh, Genesis 3, 8, in the Garden of Eden, it says this, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife them themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And just that beautiful picture of the Lord being with his people. And then in Exodus thirteen twenty one, it says this, And the Lord went before them day uh, in the pillar of a cloud to lead them along the way, and at night in a pillar of fire to give them light. And they might travel by day and by night. The pillar of the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from them before the people. Just this beautiful picture of the presence of the Lord being with the people both day and night. And it says it did not depart from them. And then in Exodus 25, 8 through 9. And let them make me a sanctuary that I will dwell in their midst exactly as I show you concerning the pattern of the tabernacle. And all of its furniture, so shall make it. And just this idea that commanding Moses to construct a tabernacle, to a place where the people could be with him. And then Ezekiel, at the end of Ezekiel, which we've read here, 48, 35, 
uh, Yahweh is there. The Lord is there. And then through the the prophet Jeremiah, Jeremiah 23, 23, I am I God at hand, declares the Lord, and not a God far away. He is a God right here. And then we see in Matthew 1, 23, as we move toward Christ and seeing Christ be called Emmanuel. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from the sleep, he did as the angels of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. How beautiful a picture of Emmanuel. God is with us. And then John 14, 16 through 18. And I ask And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. And just this beautiful picture of the Holy Spirit. And so all of these scriptures that we have seen today, and this picture of God is with us. In Ezekiel, and as we end Ezekiel, and we wrap up Ezekiel in our podcast, we are hearing that the Lord is there, and the Lord is with us his people. We end our podcast today like we do every week. We want to be in prayer um, for a ministry of Lifeline and today we're going to be praying for the country of Bulgaria. Bulgaria is one of our international adoption programs and is one of those programs that is a solid program but also a great advocacy opportunity for children that are in need. There are so many children in need right now in Bulgaria. We want to come alongside them. Uh, We want to pray for waiting children. We want to pray for the Roma children. We want to pray for our families as they are being matched. Uh, We want to pray for our team members. And then we want to just praise the Lord for what he is already doing and allowing us to advocate for those kids. So will you go to the Lord in prayer with me and pray for the country of Bulgaria and the children and families that are represented there. God, we love you so much. We Today we want to pray for the children that are waiting. Lord, we want to pray for those older children that are in need today, the children with significant medical conditions or special needs, Lord, that we can advocate for today. We want those children to have a family, Lord, and I pray uh, today for the Roma children specifically, the the children in the Roma population or people group that are struggling, Lord. I would pray for believers all over the country that would be able to minister to the Roma population. Lord, today there's so many families that are adopting right now that are waiting because of the pandemic. And we pray, uh, thankfully, that we have a few families that are traveling soon. We want to pray for those three families as they travel closer to Christmas and um, just thankful for their willingness um, to parent children that we're advocating for. Lord, we pray for more missional Christian families. Lord, we are in need of more families to come forward and adopt. Lord, and today we pray that if there's a family listening to this podcast, that they would call and start asking questions about how they may can move forward in adoption. We want to pray today uh, also, Lord, for our team. Uh, We want to pray for Jana and Brianna and Toria, Jackie, as they are leading this team and advocating for the children in Bulgaria. Uh, Lord, we also want to pray for Nadia, our partner in FNA, and she is helping to facilitate so many adoptions now. Uh, Lord, and lastly, we just want to praise you, Lord, for what you've already done in Bulgaria, how you've already worked, and how you've already been a part of so many children's lives there in Bulgaria. And we pray uh, today um, that 
we would just continue to remember all the things that you've already done, Lord, and seek you for all the things that you will do in the future with these children and families in the country of Bulgaria. Thank you so much for joining us on the Defender Podcast. We look forward to joining you next week. But as today, we've wrapped up Ezekiel and we are moving uh, to another Bible study starting next week. So uh, thank you all so much for being with us. And remember to pray for Bulgaria. And we want to praise the Lord for him being with us. Thank you all so much. Thanks again for joining us for the Defender Bible Study. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Bible Study to make it easier for more people to find. For more resources and information on how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, please visit us at lifelinechild.org. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. We look forward to seeing you again next week for the Defender Bible Study.